There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Thanks to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it all. Also, breaking ground on NIL. They've got some of the biggest names in college sports. They had Caitlin Clark in there, Angel Reese, and a lot of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round draft picks. And if you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. And the best trading card brands, Prism, Select, Don Russ, and so many more. And for those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards, celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. We make way for one of our favorites, the former NFL offensive lineman, host of the Ross Tucker football podcast, Westwood One NFL analyst. He'll be in Buffalo on Saturday night, AFC divisional playoff game between the Ravens and Bills. That's on Westwood One. And uh, he was also on the broadcast for the Colts and Bills wildcard game this past weekend. Ross, thanks for joining us. What's the weather forecast in Buffalo? Yeah, it's going to be cold, Dan, as you might imagine. And they're saying there's a decent chance of snow. Now only accumulating an inch or so, but Lamar Jackson already talking about it. He was asked about it yesterday. He said he's never played in snow before. He doesn't want to play in snow. Remember, he's a South Florida kid. So I think I already tweeted this morning, Dan, at Ross Tucker NFL, the first rule of snow football club is never admit that you don't want to be a part of snow football. I mean, like, it's like Lamar, I think, is a little bit too honest. Like, we know you don't want to play in the snow, man, but it might be snowing Saturday night, so just embrace it and have fun. Can you imagine, by the way, Dan, if it does, a night game in Buffalo, Ravens, Bills, snowing? 
I mean, if it snows Saturday night, it's because God realized it should snow Saturday night. But I think I would be more concerned about the wind in Buffalo than the snow because by the time you play, you know, you get going, and I, I don't think that concerns you as much as the wind would if, if I'm a quarterback. Uh, you tell me, would you, would you be more concerned with the wind in Buffalo if you're, uh, you know, the quarterbacks or if it snows? Yeah, I th- well, it depends on how much snow, right? I mean, I was up there a few years ago uh, when the Bills played the Colts, and it was like an absolute monsoon of snow the whole time. It was like a blizzard uh, the entire game. So that's a totally different story. It doesn't sound like it's going to be like that. Wind is absolutely more of a factor. Although I'll say this, Dan, the Bills cannot run the football. And Zach Moss now is hurt. So if there's any time, I mean, I would argue that the more inclement the weather, right, whether it's wind or snow or whatever, I think that plays into the Ravens' hands. You know the Ravens, the last six games, have had the most rushing yards of any team in a six-game stretch since the 50s? (laughs) I mean, they've had more rushing yards the last six games than six NFL teams had the whole year. Meanwhile, the Bills can't run into lick. So I think the worse the weather, the better it is for the Ravens, quite frankly. Yeah, I thought that the Ravens were going to be the dangerous team that nobody wanted to face because it almost felt like, and you've done the research on this, you'd know better, something happened with Lamar Jackson where maybe he came to the realization, I need to just go out there and be the guy the previous year. Like, I'm not a pocket passer. I'm never going to be a pocket passer, but... I need to go out there and make plays. And we saw that in the game against the Titans. He needed to make a big play. He made a big play, and it changed the complexion of the game. What is it that you've seen from Lamar that's different from, say, the first three quarters of the season? Well, I think part of it is what you said, but I think the other part of it is Greg Roman, the Ravens' offensive coordinator, he kind of changed. I think he realized that with no Marshall Yanda and Ronnie Stanley getting hurt up front – their offensive line wasn't as athletic. You know, they're bigger, though. Phillips is like 345, Fluker's 350. So rather than trying to run a zone scheme up front, they're doing a lot of the same backfield action, but it's more gap scheme, which means you don't have to move as much. It's more just downhill. And you know what else? Dan, I know they like Mark Ingram. They realize that J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are better. Yeah. Th- those guys are just better. Dobbins and Edwards – are better, they get more yards, and the scores have been reflected. I mean, they have gone on a stretch, 34-17 against the Cowboys, 47-42 against the Browns, 40 points against the Jaguars. These two teams, the Bills and the Ravens, have the best point differential in the NFL over the last six games. When people like you have been asking me who might be able to beat the Chiefs, I've said the Bills or the Ravens. Now, the Chiefs, I think, benefit. They're only going to have to play one of them because they got to play each other first. We're talking to Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, and uh, he'll be on the call with uh, Westwood One with the Bills and the Ravens Saturday night, Ross Tucker football podcast. What should the Texans do with Deshaun Watson? Well, they're not going to trade him. Um, that, that makes absolutely no sense. They need to first get him to get in touch with them and actually listen to, listen to what they have to say. And, you know, I hate to say it, Dan, but I would imagine that they're going to now hire a head coach that is Deshaun Watson approved. I I think they'll probably talk to him about it, maybe give him a few names, 
And if they come down to a guy or two, they're going to probably lean to the one that Deshaun Watson would prefer. He is the most important person in the building. If you have a top 10 franchise quarterback, they get paid the most by a lot. They're by far the most important. It's crazy to me that he reportedly likes Biennemi. Dan, they were the only team, that the six that had openings, that didn't request an initial interview with Eric Bieniemy. The only team. And by the way, they asked Deshaun for his feedback. He said Bieniemy, and then they're the only ones that didn't. I mean, it's almost like they went out of their way to say to Deshaun, we don't care what you think. You're the player. You just play. Like, why wouldn't you, Dan, logically, even if you weren't going to hire him, just interview him because your franchise quarterback wants you to. I wouldn't have given him that power to have a say-so, but you did, therefore you have to listen to him. I don't know if Brady had any input on, I'm going to take less money or spread this out. I'm going to leave it up to Coach Belichick to be able to decide who he wants to bring in. We thought all along, well, that can't be the case. Brady should have a say. And then the more I researched it, the more I found out Brady didn't have a say in who they brought in. Here you're given Deshaun Watson, who's what, 25? Kind of not veto power, but he's involved in the process there. So Houston created this. They should at least acknowledge, uh, you know, his input here. Totally agree. And by the way, what you said about Brady and Belichick, I think that's part of the reason why Brady's no longer in New England and in Tampa. I think he just kind of got sick of that. I mean, I think he got sick of taking less, and then they weren't actually getting better players for him. What am I taking less for? And I'm throwing it to an old Edelman and a bunch of guys that stink. Why am I taking less for you to put these guys around me? Uh, what kind of surprises do you think you'll see? You got one this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a surprise, but um, I think the Ravens are going to win Saturday night, and I think the Bucks are going to beat the Saints. So, look, they're not big spreads. We talked about it on the Even Money podcast. It's like two and a half and three. So neither one of these would be shocking, but I just think the Ravens, the way they run the football, I mean, the Colts should have beat the Bills. The Colts were the better team on Saturday. They just screwed it up multiple different ways. Josh Allen played awesome, and the Bills still barely won. Meanwhile, the Bucs are getting back Devin White and Steve McClendon. Brady's playing way better than he was earlier in the year, and I think it's very difficult to beat a team three times. So out of the underdogs, the upsets, I'll take the Bucks as well as the Ravens on the road. Explain to me Aaron Donald and how that, like the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, the game plan you'll have and how it focuses on Aaron Donald. So what's interesting about that, Dan, is I wonder how effective he's going to be able to be. Uh, you know, the reports are that he tore rib cartilage against the Seahawks. That is really painful. I never had that happen, but I've had guys tell me it's more painful than actually if you crack a rib, if you tear that cartilage. And so much, like if you see him, he is so twitchy and he's so explosive and he contorts his hips to try to get the corner on the guards. I just, I don't know if he's going to be as effective as he normally would be. He's a guy, though, I can remember, do you, remember, you probably don't remember Tommy Harris when he played for the Bears. Tommy Harris had like a two- or three-year run Oklahoma. where he was unreal. I remember playing for the Browns, Dan, 
And even if we were supposed to slide the protection the other way, I was starting at center. If we were going to go one way, we made a deal. Andrewsy and Kosey Coleman, wherever Tommy Harris was, we were going to double team him. And we all kind of we all, we all kind of made a pact. That's the pact you have to have with Aaron Donald. You have to have an understanding that even if that's not what you're supposed to do, you better do it. Otherwise, somebody's going to get embarrassed. You have Jalen Ramsey on the back end, too. So do you just say to Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams is your friend. Like, you you two are going to be together an awful lot the entire game, and then you take your chances elsewhere. Correct. It's like Hoosiers, and you got to know what flavor gummy is at the end of the game uh, for uh, Jalen. You know what's weird, Dan? I really – I missed on the Rams. I did not think they were going to be good. If you look at their defense, it's there's no players in the middle. It's Aaron Donald, 20-something million a year. Jalen Ramsey, 20-something million a year. And a bunch of guys making the minimum. But they figured out if you have two top 10 defensive players in the NFL, you can kind of fill in the other pieces as long as you have those two. I was skeptical, but, man, it, it worked. And their D coordinator, Brandon Staley, that guy is a stud. He should be a head coach this year. Yeah, you're not alone in missing on the Rams because I did too because I didn't know how good the offense was going to be. Then they get Jalen Ramsey. You got an offensive-minded head coach who then changed over to understanding I'm going to win with defense here and just enough offense. Before I let you go, the Browns and the Chiefs. The Browns win this by doing what? Running the crap out of the football and playing zone coverage on defense and not giving up anything cheap and deep but they got the best o-line in football and chubb and hunt are playing at a really high level they need to try to pound the chiefs into submission i think they have a shot i don't agree with the betting line on that one dan at all i said that on the even money podcast that is way too many points i think the browns have a chance they've got a good formula and the chiefs haven't been able to put anybody away or blow anybody out in forever so um, I like the Browns and the points for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Uh, I like the Browns an awful lot against the Steelers. And so you don't have your coaches and you go in there and, you know, you blow them out. I think if the Browns don't get full of themselves, which they have that capability of doing it, but hopefully Kevin Stavansky back will, you know, make sure that doesn't happen. I think if they do go in there with that game plan, they make it interesting because I have to keep Mahomes off the field as long as possible and I cannot let any one of those receivers get behind me. You know, and the Chiefs, they let teams hang in there, Ross. I mean, that's, it's a fault of theirs. They do win, but they let you hang around uh, almost as if they're teasing you. Yeah, two thoughts on that. One is the Browns are also getting their best O-lineman back, Joel Batonio, their best defensive back back. They should be getting back, Denzel Ward. And you're exactly right. You know, you talk to any of these math guys, Dan, the Chiefs had – how many games in a row where they won by one score or less, you're going to lose one of those. Like they almost would have been better off if they lost to the Falcons or they lost one of those games earlier. Cause if they do that in the playoffs against the Browns or the bills, Ravens or whatever, they're going to lose you. The, the odds tell you, you keep trying to win these one score games. It's going to go against you. One of these times, you're not going to get that break. Like they did against the Falcons. Have fun in Buffalo there, Ross. Always great to talk to you. I will, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Dan. And we don't have to have that question answered, can Lamar win the big one? Like, can he win a playoff game here? 
I know, but you know, Dan, what's going to happen, right? If they lose Saturday night all offseason, can Lamar win in the snow? Can Lamar Jackson ever win a snow game in his whole career? <laughs> and this will be his first snow game. So uh, hopefully uh, he, he shows out here. Thank you, Ross. That's Ross Tucker, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and he'll be on the call Saturday night on Westwood One. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play, you've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack you know, one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, 
If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. I had a friend who, uh, former NFL player, he realized that we were having Nate Burleson on. He goes, you got to ask Nate about buying fake jewelry. And I go, wait, Nate bought fake jewelry. Yeah, he goes, yeah, he spent money in his first contract. And I think he bought uh, a car, maybe bought his parents something. And, uh, but he bought fake jewelry because he thought, well, nobody would know that you had fake jewelry because, hey, you're a pro and you're making some good money here. You're being smart with your money. Nate Burleson on loan from uh, CBS Sports, also Nickelodeon. Nate, uh, is that true that you had fake jewelry with your first contract? Yes, that is very true. First, let me say uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, definitely. When I first got in the league, there were priorities, and it was um, paying down certain bills that my mother and father had, um, making sure that we were secure in a couple of homes that I wanted to buy for them, um, You know, make sure my wife was taken care of. And then when it came to me, I knew that I wanted jewelry, um, but I, I also wanted jewelry more for the look of it. And I was buying jewelry because I thought it looked cool on me. Uh, so in my first contract, I was going down to New York or any bootleg swamp meet and give me something shiny that you couldn't tell the difference <laughs> of if it was real or fake. Uh, now at, at 39, you know, I buy jewelry for different reasons. I don't buy it because I want people to see it. I buy it because I really like it. And I think that's the difference between young Nate Burleson and old Nate Burleson. At this age, whatever I buy, I do it for myself. And most of the time, I buy it not to wear it, just so I can have it and I appreciate it. You should go to the Rookie Symposium and tell those rookies, hey, you're going to get money. Do, do the right thing for your family, but save your money. There's nothing wrong with fake jewelry. You're right about that. Listen, I'll tell these guys in a heartbeat, you know, if, if you get a contract, one, invest it. Um, properly and know what you're investing in. So you're going to have to educate yourself, uh, save more money than you spend, uh, go ahead and buy you some land because uh, they don't make that anymore. And forget about all the fancy stuff, the car that depreciates off the lot and the diamonds that you can buy three contracts from now. So uh, there's always time to spend money on stupid stuff. How about you make stupid money and then <laughs> buy stupid things? See, it's that kind of uh, logic, down-to-earth, fatherly advice that came through on Nickelodeon because <laughs> that broadcast was so much fun. I tuned over, and then I didn't tune back in to Jim Nance and Tony Romo. And I was wondering, because you have kids, does it help you in explaining things as you did to a younger audience on Nickelodeon? It does. It does. You know, when, when I first got the news, uh, I went home and over dinner, I was talking to my kids. I have a 16-year-old, little Nate, 14-year-old, Nehemiah, and a 10-year-old. That's my baby girl, Mia Pearl. 
and um, I was asking them about the new Nickelodeon shows that I might not be hip to because I'm I'm familiar with the old school stuff, you know, the the Double Dares and 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 all of those different shows like Rugrats. But um, the new era shows I wasn't caught up on uh, as much as I I needed to be. And then I I wanted to figure out, you know, to be honest, like what's hip. Like, what are kids saying? You know, there's going to be moments where I'm the older guy. I know that. That's my specific role in this broadcast. But I don't want to be too far out the loop where it seems like I'm trying hard. So I just wanted to make things relatable. And, and, and I didn't want to talk down to a group of young fans that are smart enough to understand what I'm saying. This wasn't football for dummies. This was just football for a larger demographic. You know, and I wanted to talk to the five-year-old and also the 50-year-old. You know, I wanted to I wanted to bring up how Mitchell Trubisky was benched during the season and then comparing that to being grounded. And I'm pretty sure everybody at home was like, oh, that makes sense. And then what was great about Noah Eagle, who is a chip off the old block, as soon as we started talking about Mitchell Trubisky and them not letting him throw the ball in the game, he says, Nate, he might be off restriction, but I don't think Nagy, quote unquote, his parents are letting him leave the yard. And I thought that was great. It's like, yeah, they need to let him leave the yard. Let him throw the ball downfield. That's the only way they can get back in this game. So um, a lot of the stuff that I was able to do and explain, it landed. But also Cole Komet, the uh, tight end, you know, he threw the ball and you, you talked about emotions and dealing with your emotions there and got the, the best of him. You said, you know, use your words. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was like every parent, uh, every teacher, every guardian, every older person that has given me a, a, a quote or some type of cliche, I, I used it. And it was all fitting in the moment. And it was it was the perfect broadcast for me. You know, I was born in the 80s, raised in the 90s, influenced by the 2000s. So a lot of who I am, um, it comes out naturally. You know, a guy that can weave in music and movies and pop culture and all the little things that make me unique um, while explaining that on a daily basis. I just got off a just got done with a three hour show and, and you know, dropping a pop pop culture reference isn't my way of staying relevant. It's my way of communicating, which uh, made this broadcast for Nickelodeon special. He's Nate Burleson. Uh, I think you spent 11 years in the NFL. Does that yep. sound right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he's uh, one of the hosts, NFL Network's Good Morning Football, which airs Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern. Also part of the Nickelodeon broadcast with the Bears and the Saints. A couple of NFL uh, items here to talk about. If you were the GM of the Texans, what would you do with Deshaun Watson? You got to keep him. You can't let a guy like that um, leave your facility. Don't don't work out some type of trade and get draft picks or um, trade for another QB. Um, there's a lot going on right now and emotions are hot. One, I, I felt like, you know, when Deshaun Watson signed this long term deal, he was probably thinking to himself, I'm going to be the QB that is involved in every decision moving forward. Um, and now it's OK for him to think that. Um, is it? Is it a necessity for a quarterback to be involved in decision-making? No. And to be honest, in most situations, um, it isn't the case. But if you trade away DeAndre Hopkins and you know that the face of the franchise was J.J. Watt and is now Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt will soon be done in a few years. You have to make sure that you make your quarterback happy. And look at what he had to deal with this year with the injuries DeAndre Hopkins being gone, Will Fuller being suspended because of PEDs, I believe it was. And he still was just spectacular. And in every game, fighting to the fourth quarter. So you want to keep that type of talent around. 
bring in somebody like Eric Bieniemy. I, I don't know what it is about Eric Bieniemy not landing a head coaching job, but if you can bring in a guy that can mimic that Kansas City Chiefs offense with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, they'll be in good shape. I was surprised that they let Deshaun in on the process or told him he'd be involved in it. That That's where I think they made a mistake because we've right. seen franchises that have Hall of Fame quarterbacks who are not involved in the process. Sure. If you're going to bring him in, then listen to what he has to say or don't ask him. And I thought that that's where they made a mistake. But this is a messed up organization to begin with. Uh, you know, when you think they're bringing in a GM that the quarterback doesn't want, now who's their coach going to be? You're not going to hire the guy that he probably wants in there. And I don't think J.J. Watt is there next year. They used to be a formidable defensive team. I, I don't know. I look around if I'm Deshaun Watson, I go, I don't want to be around here. I love Houston, but I don't love playing for the Texans. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because J.J. Watt at one point this season said the same thing. There were rumors that he wanted to be gone. Um, Deshaun Watson, obviously, he's he's a little bit upset and, and more likely just exa- exhausted with everything that's going on. But, you know, here's the thing. Now, it, when I came in, whatever happened in the front office, players didn't know about. It was, there was a, a distinct disconnect, and we were okay with it. That's just how it goes, right? We're here to play football. You cut us the check. We'll go do what we need to do to win games. We hope that you guys do everything when it comes to scouting, the draft, free agency, and you help add to our team. Nowadays, because guys are getting plucked from so many different areas, some guys are more novice than others. And I'm talking about front office staff, coaches. um, They're always looking for the new face, the young face. You might have to collaborate with your quarterback because these QBs are different. They're a lot smarter. They've been playing football for a long time. If you're Matt LaFleur and you go to, to Green Bay, you're going to want to you're going to want to connect with Aaron Rodgers. You're, you're, you're going to want to collaborate with him on what's best for the team. If you're at Bruce Arians, as long as he's been around, the resume that he has, he wants to collaborate with Tom Brady and appreciate what he knows and then try to apply that to the offense. I do feel like there's a new wave coming of GMs and coaches that are looking at these quarterbacks saying, all right, how much do you want to be involved? Because if you do want to be involved in the process, and we will allow you to, because I got to be honest with you, and you know this, it's just like TV. There might be a coach that comes in that doesn't know half what the quarterback knows. There might be a producer that joins your staff, and as much as you can appreciate where they came from or where they are plucked from, they don't know half as much as you know. So at that point, what do you do? Are you a complete jerk and saying, this is my way or the highway? Or are you saying, hey, I'm going to listen to what you got to bring to the table, but let me show you what I have, and let's figure out the best game plan to give the best show or to be the best team. What's it like to play in a game where you don't have confidence in your quarterback? Like you may like him, but he's not good. It's the worst. It's the worst because, um, you know, you're, I remember being in a huddle and our quarterback got hit and we're sitting in there. And at this point we knew that it was going to be tough for us to gain some momentum because our QB had, the whites of his eyes showing. He wasn't making eye contact with us. And as he's trying to get this play out, he's like, <clears throat> uh, the slot right, <clears throat> slot right. Uh, <clears throat> and once he gets nervous, he did, he did this like nervous cough of clearing his throat. Instead of getting in a huddle and looking at us, dust himself off, saying, all right, hey, listen, listen. All right, we just took a shot. We're good, man. Don't worry about it. I know it's second and 15. Who cares? You good? You good? I'm good. Let's go. Here we go. Slot right, 989 on one. That's cool. That's what we want. But when you have a QB that um, looks defeated, 
Um, his body language is bad, and he can't even make eye contact with you, and the season has been going down, down, down all year long. You're in that huddle defeated as well because you you know you can get to the line of scrimmage and do everything that you're paid to do. I'm going to get off the ball, quick release move. All right, I'm stacking on top. I'm going to make a move at the top. I'm right open. Here I am. And then you're looking, and you you know, you know coming out of that break, your QB is either scrambling for his life or he's on the ground. But you got to keep your head up. And, you know, the, the way that I was brought in, you don't show up in that locker room telling everybody how bad the QB is or how you need to have more confidence or how better plays need to be called. I don't know. I, I come from an era where you just you zip it up and you, and you don't complain. We get paid to deal with the BS. So I, I, I love how every guy who's going to mimic a wide receiver coming off the line of scrimmage does that a little that, that <laughs> little, little if that's all like it took really Nate I, I could have been all pro if I it's just that little shake <laughs> just that little shake there I don't I don't have to get up and I can do that shake there um one more item well, it looks like you're constipated when you do it <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just read off uh, an article in USA Today a column talking about the five things to be concerned about with Devontae Smith in the NFL can you believe there's five things that we should be concerned about with Devontae Smith going into the NFL? Really? Yeah. I, 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 I am shocked that somebody would write an article. Like, are, are these legitimate five things? Are these on the field five things? Yeah. It's like, yeah. So there's durability. Oh, my gosh. 61175. Well, who cares? Okay, you don't care about that. Listen, but- I'm watching this game, and I'm, <laughs> I'm watching this game with my son, who is about 6'2", and he's, he's a buck 50, soaking wet. Um, he's a sophomore in Jersey, um, and um, he's quite a talented wide receiver. And we're looking at this guy in a very, very similar frame. And I, I was blown away. I kept saying, I said, man, if Trevor Lawrence wasn't the number one overall pick, this dude would go number one overall, like as a wide receiver. And my son's like, well, really, you think he's that good? And I'm like, yeah, no, he's – He's damn near unstoppable. And why is it? It's a combination of a lot of things. Um, He's fast. He has really good hands. Great placement with his hands when there's traffic. Um, Two, he's a tremendous route runner. And that's rare. There's a lot of guys that will last six, seven years in this league, and they only can run three routes. And and, and if you pay attention to some of your favorite players, you'll notice, like, damn, they they are pretty much one-trick ponies. And on top of that, they use him in multiple ways. Now, he's going to have to go to a system where um, you can move him around a little bit, but the variety in which they use him outside, inside, put him in motion. They literally ran uh, the same play back-to-back and scored on back-to-back plays. They just flipped it and ran it opposite ways. So he can do it all, and that's why he's going to be good. I was sitting back saying, man, if I'm the Jets, they're sitting at number two. I mean, why not? Why not get you a pure number one wide receiver? Because with how he played and what he was able to do on that field in that stage in the first half and the Heisman Trophy and the 20-plus touchdowns, this is a dude that's going to come in right now. Some of these rookies are going to take some time. You look at Henry Ruggs, a little up and down. Jerry Judy with the Broncos struggling to catch the ball. There's certain guys where you're like, all right, it's going to take you a little bit of time to catch your rhythm and really start to gain confidence. It's not the case with D. Smith. This dude but, is going to. But here, mean, wow. here's some of the other ones. Can he be a Batman or is he a Robin? Now, these, are, these were five things brought up by an NFL writer in USA Today. Can he be a Batman or a Robin? Uh, explosiveness came up. Can he be the same kind of explosive player in the NFL? And so I, he became Batman this year. Everybody yeah. knew he was going to get the ball because Waddle got hurt. The explosiveness, 
there is still that gear that he has, as you know. He gets to top-end speed as quick, as fast as anybody that I've seen, except for maybe Tyreek Hill. So I don't know, like, where's the question mark on explosiveness? Don't be fooled by the long legs and the easy stride. My nickname in high school was Cadillac, and I used to get offended by it. And uh, one of my coaches said, no, nah, it's not It's not because you're long and slow. You may think a Cadillac is long and slow. What we're saying is you're smooth and you got speed and you can pick it up at any time. And you're, and you're, you're, you're effortless in and out of your breaks. And I embraced that nickname once I got to college. He is. He's, he's, he's like a smooth vehicle. And the thing is, like, you know, he, he made a decision to let these other guys that might have had a little bit more hype enter the draft. He could have answered the draft, but he held on to the right time. And that's what makes him even more dangerous is the fact that he spent four years polishing up his craft. Yeah. And, 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 and he, can, he can beat you man coverage. There's a reason why he's open by two or three yards when one guy's guarding him. He could beat you when there's zone coverage. And as far as durability, Stefan Diggs is about six foot. I mean, he might be about a buck 85, maybe buck 90. I'm not sure. But Stefan Diggs isn't the biggest receiver in the world, but he's the best receiver in all of football this year. So now if you're saying, well, well, I don't know if he has the strength and he looks a little slight. Okay, so if he's done this in four years working out of Alabama, which I know Alabama's a beast, they prepare like pros. What, what happens when he when he gets that grown man strength? You know, what, what happens when you go through those grown man situations? You know what I'm saying? You know when you start paying grown man bills, you, you get a little bit stronger. You know how, like, when, when real life hits you, you get a little bit stronger. Your mustache starts coming in, your voice gets big, <laughs> chest gets hairy. What happens when he hits his mid-20s and real life hits him, and then he's out there playing – he's not playing for a, a, a turkey sandwich at the cafeteria at Alabama. He's playing for a million-dollar check. That's a different – Mar- Marvin Harrison was six foot 179 at the Combine there. And, That's what I'm saying. But also, I, you know, my thing with Devontae Smith is you talk your – or any draft pick, you talk yourself out of a pick because you look at the negatives. And that's why I always say I don't understand that. If your positives outweigh your negatives, then that's what you have to focus on, not, you know what, I don't know if he's strong enough. Or, like, that's where it gets dangerous. And I think that's what the Bears probably did with Deshaun Watson. You know, he's kind of slight, and I don't know yep. if he can hang. You know, Mahomes seems like he wants to be Brett Favre. Let's yeah. get this conservative Mitchell Trubisky guy who looks like he's durable and he can play and he's athletic. You talk yourself out of this, and I think and, th- that's the dangerous part of this. And how many how many teams talk themselves out of drafting Lamar Jackson? Oh, I know, because they said, well, he can't throw. Including the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They passed him up in the first round. They got him at the the last pick. Hey, it's great to talk to you. Congrats on the success, and even extra, as I I watch extra every night, just because I want to check in on Billy Bush, make sure he's behaving. uh, Yeah, no doubt about it. I keep keep him in check. He's good to go. Yeah. Actually, I'm tuning in to watch his uh, co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer, yeah. No, not yeah. you. Oh, oh. No, no. no. Jaylock. Jaylock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's my girl. She's doing a good job. Watching her. Um, thank you, Nate. We appreciate your time as always. Of course, man. Great good stuff. That's Nate Burleson. He's got a lot of jobs there. He's extra. He's a Nickelodeon. He's CBS pregame show. He's NFL Network. Good morning, football. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. The truly brilliant all-electric EQE SUV from Mercedes-Benz features some of the smartest tech ever to grace four wheels. With Dynamic Select, you can fine-tune hundreds of vehicle settings to precisely match your driving style. And available in off-road mode, transparent hood lets you see through the sheet metal to steer clear of bumps and potholes directly beneath you. How about that? A 360 array of cameras and sensors constantly alerting you for danger, while 64-color ambient lighting lets you fully customize the ambiance inside the spacious cabin. The EQE SUV is so smart, even the headlights are thinking. Optional digital light technology projects navigation markings and warnings on the road ahead as you drive. The vehicle's all electric. The feeling is all Mercedes. Test drive the EQE SUV. Learn more at mbusa.com slash EQE SUV. He's Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated senior writer, former NBA ball boy for the Boston Celtics, and it's great to have Chris back on. Was anybody ever mean to you as a ball boy, like a player or coach? Uh, two jump to mind, uh, Reggie Miller. And I think I've said this on your show before, uh, and John Concac, remember him from back in the day, Atlanta he Hawks for Atlanta, then Detroit teams. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like kind of mean that kind of stuff sticks out to a teenager, but 
what what happened here? Like, why why would they meet, be mean to you? I, I think Concac was just in a bad mood at one point and threw a ball at me that hit me in the head. And <laughs> Reggie, if I'm not mistaken, like I was working behind the bench and working behind the bench, you kind of have the water cup and you, you dip it over their shoulder to see if they want it. And Reggie just turned around and whacked it away and it got kind of all over me in that moment. It was a tough moment for Reggie. I will say this about Reggie Miller, though. Um, when you worked locker rooms, the Reggie Miller bag was an actual thing. Like he always wanted one of the locker room guys to take his bag and walk it like the 30 feet down to the bus. And he would give you like $50 for it. And $50 in the late 90s to a kid in college, you're spending that in some good places, Dan. So I'll, I'll give Reggie that much. Who is the best tipper? Oh, man. Antoine Walker was an excellent tipper. Uh, yeah, maybe too time. much. He doesn't have any money. Potentially, potentially. Uh, Mark Jackson was a really good tipper. When he and Reggie played together, it was always good to kind of huddle around them to see if you can get their bag. I mean, I've I've told this story many times before, but Allen Iverson was, was a good tipper. Uh, when Allen wanted, uh, you know, his – Coronas or whatever he wanted, he made sure that you know we got taken care of to take to take care of that for him. So most guys, I would say, were, were excellent tippers. All right, let me dive into the issues here. Uh, let me start with James Harden, based off his comments last night. It almost felt like an exit interview there. That hey, I've done everything I can do, and this is a mess. And uh, hey, see you later. Uh, where where do the Rockets go from from here? I, I mean, I think you first have to put out uh, point out that James Harden made the mess and <laughs> he created this situation that the Rockets are in right now. Now, maybe there would have been growing pains regardless if you trade for a starting point guard in John Wall who doesn't play the first couple of games. Uh, you're going to have to acclimate to a new backcourt mate. Christian Wood is a new player in that mix. But it's extremely clear that James Harden and his unwillingness to buy in, as Wall alluded to last night, is a part of this problem. I mean, you see him, I mean, NBA TV, Dan, is making cracks at his weight. Like, you know, you've you've kind of gone to a different level when NBA TV feels comfortable uh, taking shots at your physique. So that's a big part of it as well. Now, you ask where the Rockets go from here. My understanding in the last couple of days still is that the Rockets are determined to be patient with this because they believe that the longer they play this thing out, the more teams will materialize as prospective suitors, and that will allow them to get into a bidding war for James Harden. They could pull the trigger on a deal for Harden right now. There are multiple offers that are on the table for him, but they believe that they can maximize his value by holding on to him throughout January into February and towards that March deadline. I, I think they've only played nine games, and that's what I don't understand. He's got new faces in there. And I don't know why he doesn't want to give it – unless he just says, look, I love the city of Houston uh, and the strip clubs, but I don't want to play for the Rockets. Get me out of here. Even though he's not giving this a chance with John Wall, Boogie Cousins, and Christian Wood, which to me is surprising because you would have thought James Harden would at least say, let me see what we have. Maybe we have something unique here, different here. I don't know. These guys have been quality players. That's what's a little bit surprising is he's basically uh, – you know, pulling up stakes after nine games. No, I agree. I would have given John Wall half a chance because 
you know, we talk a lot about Kevin Durant's recovery from Achilles surgery. John Wall's been just as good. I mean, at least as far as his recovery goes and looks like he's bounced all the way back physically uh, from that injury. Cousins kind of is what he is at this stage of his career after his injuries, but Wood is kind of an ideal type of player, at least offensively, to play off of James Harden, play in the pick and roll, run the floor. I mean, there's a chance for this team, if they all bought in, to compete pretty hard for a top four or five seed in the Western Conference. And from there, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, the Clippers have fallen on their face, uh, you know, recently in the playoffs. The Lakers, they look like the best team right now, but they could be one injury away from scuffling. I mean, the Rockets are not bad enough that, you know, declaring this team unfixable makes any kind of sense at this point of the season. We'll get to Kyrie and that issue in a moment here. Do you agree with, you know, I'm watching the Lakers and LeBron's played in every game, but he's playing a career low 32 minutes. It feels like there is load management during games, not taking nights off. Do you, do you sense this? A little bit. I mean, you know, as any coach will tell you, it's difficult to get LeBron to bring his minutes down. He wants to play in every game. He wants to play as many minutes as possible. And the numbers reflect that he's usually gotten his way. But this is exactly what the Lakers need to be doing, keeping those minutes in the low 30s, kind of the way that Milwaukee's treated Giannis over the last few years of his career. If you do that, you don't necessarily need to, to give him too many nights off. And I'm sure there will be nights he'll take off in the weeks and months ahead. There are just too many three and four nights, back-to-backs, a lot of weird situations because of the schedule that undoubtedly are only going to get weirder because of these postponements. But if you can keep LeBron in the early 30s and minutes, nothing guarantees anything, I guess, but it it gets as close as you can be to making sure that he's uh, fully fresh in the playoffs. Feels like the sports media might be waking up today or this week and going, oh, wow, there's COVID issues going on because we've been dealing with the NFL, college football, the NBA has been dealing with this, that they survived Orlando, but now this is reality here. College basketball, the same thing. So where, you know, where's the NBA going to be headed to kind of protect itself in this, you know, the, especially in Los Angeles, you know, with, you know, the COVID issues there? Yeah, I mean, the NBA says they've expected this, they anticipated this, but I don't believe they expected this much and this many issues this early in the season. Uh, where are they headed they're going to push forward, Dan. It's it's just as simple as that. They are determined to get as, as close to 72 games in on this schedule. They are determined to get this season over by early July before the Olympics. And there is hope amongst the league executives that I've talked to in the last 48 hours that these enhanced protocols are going to help. Now, the league, it has a COVID problem, especially when it comes to teams like Dallas, which now has a recent run of COVID-positive players. But more than anything, it has a close contact problem. That's what's wreaking havoc amongst teams in this league with their rosters. One guy goes out with COVID, but then four or five other guys have to go out because they were in close contact with that player. That's at the crux of the changes the league made in the last 24 hours, where they said, look, when you're at home, you got to stay in your house. When you're on the road, no more approved restaurants, no more friends in hotel rooms. They're going to do everything they can to limit the interactions of players as best as possible. And the union's on board with this. I mean, everything the league has done has had to be collectively bargained with the union. And Michelle Roberts and the union brass are on board with this strategy because they know it can't continue like this. So the only way to ensure that not only are these games played, 
but they're played at a high level where you're not just having eight guys out there struggling to, to get through a game. The only way to make sure that happens is to severely restrict player movements in the most significant way outside of a bubble. Atlanta at Phoenix has just been postponed that the Suns couldn't come up with uh, the, the re- contact tracing. Yeah, the required uh, number of players. By the way, plenty of room on the LaMelo ball bandwagon if you would like to get. Uh, you- oh, no, 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 no. Who called LaMelo ball in print for rookie of the year before the season? This guy. I did. All in on LaMelo ball bandwagon. I, for I know. Rookie of the year. How about in a medium that people actually are going to be able to see? You know, and, and here. Like, it's in like, print and online. What do you want me to do? Scream it from the top of Mount Snow? You like, should have you? said, I want to be on your show. I want to scream from the mountaintops. I got one thing to say. We could have been there together. We could have been I, there together. This, I, I'm still not entirely sure I didn't say it, but everything you save are things that I get wrong. So I, I don't. We can work I, together I, on the project if you'd like to. Okay. Timelines may be a little off there, but I'll give you a little bit of credit there. Yeah, maybe. Look, I watched a lot. I thought LaMelo Ball was one of the most over-scrutinized players coming into the draft. I mean, everyone was kind of focused on the fact that he didn't finish the season in Lithuania. Then overseas, he didn't finish the season uh, in New Zealand. Like, he just, he had so many problems. And I said that a week before you said it. Well, I, okay, I didn't hear you say that. I've just been... I, I believe this kid has a lot of talent. I think he is a incredible playmaker. And on that team, with the firepower they kind of have with Hayward and Terry Rozier and Graham, like that's a recipe for you know being a double-double type of guy every single night. So I, I, I think he's, he's really good. I, I agree. You know, the shot's going to be an issue, but he's fun to watch. He, he, he... Shots, shots are issues for everybody, Dan. I mean, just give him a couple of years. Somebody will rework his shot, and it will get better. I mean, there's – there's too many shot doctors in the NBA right now for, for that to be a lingering issue towards his, uh, his ascent. All right. I have held off long enough. Kyrie Irving situation here. Help me understand because I've been told by two people that I trust. You got to be, you know, make sure you're sensitive here. You don't want to be, uh, uh, you're not sensitive in a situation like this on your show. And I go, okay, tell me what to be sensitive about with Kyrie Irving. What am I missing here with Kyrie Irving? Well, it's still unclear about exactly why he's away from the team. The Nets know. The Nets know why he's away. I don't think that was abundantly clear to them very early on. You heard Steve Nash say in his first press avail when Kyrie disappeared that he didn't really know where Kyrie was, but they know now, and Kyrie's teammates, as a result of of text conversations with them, they're aware of the situation right now. I, I can't say I know definitively, Dan, so I don't want to speculate too much on a guy being away for personal reasons. But one thing I can tell you is that the Nets are going to continue to handle this situation with kid gloves, not because they're empathetic with Kyrie Irving necessarily, though I'm sure they are on some level. They just know that he's the key to them winning a championship. So they're not going to sabotage their season by getting a little overworked up about something that's going on in the month of January. The thing you have to watch though, is the impact this has on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant could have gone anywhere. He could have signed with any team in the league. He chose Brooklyn and Kyrie Irving. He thought because of his friendship with Kyrie Irving that they would be an ideal pair. Kevin Durant's not saying much right now, but what I'm wondering, and I've heard this from other people across the league, is how long does that last? How long does Kevin Durant say, look, 
I'm playing like an MVP right now. I'm all the way back from my injury. I need you to get back here and help me out. We've got chemistry issues to figure out with new teammates. We've got to work stuff out between each other on the floor. What I'm watching is Durant. And look, this is going to be a process because now that that video was out there, this is out of Kyrie's hands and it's out of the Nets' hands for when he can return. If the NBA determines that that video was authentic for this week, as it appears to be, at a birthday he's going to have to go into some protocols. He's going to have to, yeah, the video at the birthday party. He's going to have to go into some protocols that will keep him out for another week, if not longer. Well, so, wait, was he on a Zoom call last night that had to do with politics with the district attorney, and he was under the name Cal Irving? I think it was Kai, K-A-I. Kai. Oh, K-A-I, okay. I think, okay. I think. I, I saw that. Malik Andrews tweeted that out. That okay. was, I mean, so this Kai is like, it's going to be like, it's going to be like a Where's Waldo situation for a yeah, while where really. Kyrie pops up everywhere but at the Nets practice facility. Okay, but he's this is during the Nets game last night. He's on a Zoom call. Help me. I, I wish I could, Dan. I, I don't fully understand the situation. Um, all I've been told is the Nets are, are aware of exactly what's going on, but they have no idea when he's coming back. And look, you can tell from some of the public statements that have been made that the Nets are starting to get a little bit, you know, tired of some of this. I mean, Steve Nash saying Kyrie will have an opportunity to explain it when he comes back. The statement issued by Sean Marks, the general manager, saying Kyrie will, saying basically the same thing, that Kyrie will have a chance to explain it. I mean, they, they understand everything I just said, that they need Kyrie back on the floor to start developing chemistry with a team that's been kind of inconsistent. I mean, their defense has been really bad. Their offense is is Durant. Their rotations are all over the place right now under Steve Nash. They've got to start developing some chemistry in the season if they hope to have a chance to win a championship in a couple of months. Good to talk to you as always, Chris. Thanks for joining us. You got it, Dan. That's uh, Chris Mannix. He's all in on LaMelo Ball. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.